everybody! Welcome back to episode number 44 of Crimes, Curiosities, and Cocktails. We've made it to 2021! We did! The last episode, we recorded it on Christmas. It came out... Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. We already... Well, okay. We recorded the last episode on Christmas, but it came out on the 4th. So this is the first time we've recorded in the new year. Yeah. So, happy 2021! It's been a time already! It was a good five-day run we had <laughs> you know those things that are like days without incident someone made a video of five and then they wiped it to zero if you don't know you obviously don't watch the news or anything but uh the united states having a time had a time yeah. it's been a time been a- um, if you don't live in the united states and you're confused we're just as confused as you <laughs> oh man but Hope you guys are all healthy, happy, staying safe, had good holidays. Anybody get any good presents? As if you could tell me. Not that I, you can't, but you could go to Instagram and tell me. Did you get any good presents? What did I get? You know what present I got? What? Falling on my ass off of a hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, oh, who got a hoverboard? <laughs> uh, my nieces. Gotcha. They, and okay, so my nieces are, how old are they? seven and they each got hoverboards and i saw them you're like try (laughs) yes i tried and i mean i'm sure it's one of those things that (laughs) the more you practice the better you get at it but i mean i like did some circles around my kitchen counter island thing and i was bebopping real slow but the hardest part is like getting on or off because it goes by your weight, you know, to tell which way you want to turn. So when you take one foot off, all your weight's on the other foot. So it like room zooms. <laughs> I wiped out. My foot was still bruised. Oh my God. I bruised up my legs. It was really funny though. I mean, it was tragic, but it was funny. You know, the thing is when we were kids, you know how many times we would have fallen off that thing and we just would have hopped right back on it? Right? <laughs> I was like, you stand up and you're like, oh, oh, I think I'm done. I'm like, oh no. The shame alone. I couldn't step on it again. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm done. And my nieces are literally just zooming full speed around my house. They're like standing and then they're squatting and then they're standing while it's moving the whole time. And I'm like, what the heck? What the heck? They're crazy. I mean, I want one because like they're fun and I just want to like ride it while I take my dog for a walk but also the embarrassment and shame and misery I would have if someone saw me fall <laughs> I couldn't live with myself <laughs> I'm just imagining you taking it into work going down the hallways <laughs> rolling into the conference room for meetings just rolling it in people's cubicles hello <laughs> I came to ask you have you noticed my hoverboard <laughs> I have a hoverboard. I think a Segway is more my speed, you know? Oh, yeah, a Segway would be. I feel like that's more my jam. I would enjoy a Segway. I also really want a moped, like, real bad. I looked into them, and I found a place that sells them in our state not that far away, and I was like, bucket list, moped. I need it. I need it. Could you imagine you go to work and you have like a really bad day or you're like really stressed or something, and then you get off work, and you get on your moped? And it starts raining. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. But like, nobody can be mad riding a moped. That's all I'm saying. I need one. I need one. If I don't get one, I swear. What color would you get? Uh, yellow, bright yellow, or orange. I would like orange. I'm I'm like a like 
the Vespa vintage looking ones. I always think those look I was cool. gonna say there is one in town that's like the baby teal. It's very cute. Oh, those are cute. Yeah, the baby teal. Yep. Or they have like the not bright yellow. It's more like a like a muted yellow. Yeah, and it has like the brown seat, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, so cute. I need one. Your dog's having a moment back there. Yeah, I know. She's after my cat. My cat is sitting there. You can't see her. My dog's doing the. I just see her doing the little pouncing thing, like the play with me. And my cat's like, I absolutely will not do any of that. (laughs) I am not interested. Please leave me alone. When have I ever done that? Yeah, I have not played with you the entire year and whatever you've been here. (laughs) The other cat does, but kitten does not. Kitten wants nothing to do with it. She's just trying to be loungy. You should probably just leave her alone. No, (laughs) it looks back. I will she's not. Like, <laughs> I will not leave this cat alone. She's like, I hear you, but I'm not listening. <laughs> so that's that on that. But, so what do you got this week? Do we have any announcements? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of anything exciting is happening in my life. I literally have nothing. Other than falling off this thing? Like, nothing exciting has happened recently mm-hmm. other than watching the news and going, oh no. Yeah, I know what's going the TikTok. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no, 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 no. I'm still addicted to TikTok in 2021. That's not changed. I hardly ever open that app. It's only like when you send me TikToks and then I like go to the like homepage and then I just start watching and then it's like 30 minutes and I'm like, all right, that's enough of that. Yeah. Like you're just there and then suddenly it's two hours later and you're like, oh God, what have what, I done? What did I do? Oh, it's so entertaining though. I laugh so hard. Do you have a TikTok account? Do you post TikToks? Do you TikTok? I have posted some. My, like, not very long. Like, a whole bunch of them were just of indie. <laughs> and then when I was doing the SF special effects makeup, I did a couple. But that's pretty much it. I haven't posted one in, like, months. I'm not not really a TikToker. But what are you drinking this week? I am drinking... I have a monster. I have a monster too. And also wine. I have a monster and a Diet Coke. (laughs) Mine is the Ultra Paradise, the green zero sugar whatever monster. You have the white one. I have the white one. The green ones are really good. I do like the green. I like, well, I like all of them actually. Except for I don't really love the purple one. That one's my Mm -hmm. least favorite. But I usually get the white ones. I buy a 24 pack of them. But I ran out. And I door dashed this. Really? From Walgreens. I got, if I, like, get it from the store, if I door dash them, then I just get, like, the 12 pack from Target. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. if I, like, am actually going for the 24 pack and I get it on Amazon, I always get the pink. Amazon. The pink is the bink. Best. Pink is the bink. <laughs> pink is the bink. I don't, I don't remember. Well, because there, there's a new, there's a pink one and a light blue one now, right? Yeah. I don't. No, if I've had them or not, I don't remember. The pink one's really good. That's what I get, usually. I don't know. I know that the vending machine at work has green and white. And then it has, like, regular monsters, but who still drinks those? Ew. Those are really gross. I used to love them. Like, in college and stuff. I never did. Or, like, no, I was more Rockstar. I would drink Rockstars. Oh, yeah. The sugar-free I didn't really drink a whole lot of energy drinks. I had Amp a couple times. Um, or NOS. You remember those ones? Oh, yeah, NOS is okay. 
But then, no, but we, like, we totally did because we would like be going to what was it philosophy, and we'd go to the little because it was early in the morning, I think. But it was these. Was it those? Because I would get Rockstar, sugar-free Rockstar. Yeah, no, it was these because they had the red one. Like they came out with red and blue, I think, right away. And that's when the addiction started. Was in college when they had the red ones, and I had like two a day. <laughs> it yeah, was really was bad. College. I think I had have like one, and then I got to two, and then I was like, "All right, girl, you need to calm down." <laughs> yeah. And the problem it is has never left me. I when I started my job, I had an orange one every single morning, and now I have a white one every single afternoon. I have, yeah, I still have like a white one once a day, which I probably should quit. I mean, not so much me on too. weekends, but when it's a work day. Yeah, mine's much more during the week. As I like say, around... as I'm drinking one this weekend. I know, I was really tired. Never. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was super, super tired. So I door this and a bunch of snacks because I'm a psycho and I'm like a crazy snack lady recently. And I was like, I really want a monster and I didn't have any. So I got this one. Yeah, I might go pour a tequila sunrise here in a bit, but I was like, I need to like not be so bleh first. Same. I was about to fall asleep before I was taking notes. Mm. Yeah, it's like, let me shotgun this real quick. <sighs> I don't think I've ever shotgunned anything in a can in my life. I did once. I've done like the bottle thing where you put a straw in it. But I don't think I've that. ever actually shotgunned a can. Probably because I don't ever drink alcoholic beverages really that are in a can. I think I did. Because I don't like beer, so. Once at a bonfire. I remember. They were like, shotgun the beer. And I was like, I've never done that before. Okay. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> and obviously it went well. It didn't just all pour on the ground. Oh, right. <laughs> hmm. All right. Anyway. Um, I'm just trying to think if I have anything else to say. To tell the world. No, I don't think I do. Except for I'm... Nope, yeah, nothing. So, we're just gonna dive on into this? Yeah. What do you got? You got murder this week, or weirdness, or... I got, like, a mystery. I mean, there's death, but it's a mystery. It's a mysterious death. It's mysterious. Okay, so, my sources were unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com, medium, trouble with justice, and unsolved.com, so obviously it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Oh, mine's a mystery, too, actually. We got a mysterious week. What if it's the same? <laughs> We're going to have a real awkward time. I'm waiting for the week that happens. I know. Wouldn't that be wild? This year's about a person? Yes. Is it a lady? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Mine's about Cindy James. Hold on. For some reason, I'm doubting that's even her name. If that's the case, I'm starting off on a really bad note. <laughs> yeah, this is about Cindy James. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, it is about Cindy James. Um, she was born on June 12th, 1944. I'm Gemini. I can relate with the June vibes. The June vibes. The June vibes. Um, so she grew up in British Columbia, Canada. And when she was 19, she married Dr. Roy Makepeace, who was apparently 18 years older than her. Uh, which is fine. And then she... Wait, was she 18 at the time? 19. 19. Ooh. Yeah. With, uh, how much, how old did that make him? 19, like, 37? Yeah, something like that. He's a doctor. I mean... He's a doctor. Get it, girl. He's a very distinguished man. Um, so she actually wound up being a nurse, and she really enjoyed and excelled at counseling children. However, in 1982, they actually got divorced. We didn't really see a whole lot of details about why they got divorced, but we did. Um, she was described 
by friends and family as being very beautiful, bright, and vibrant, happy, and she really liked her job working with children's. However, a couple months after her divorce, she started having several strange things happen to her. So she started receiving phone calls from somebody and mysterious letters. And sometimes the phone calls, someone would like whisper things. Sometimes they'd just hang up. Sometimes they'd make weird noises. And the letters that started getting mailed to her were pretty sinister. And then they actually started threatening her life. So she started reporting these incidences, <clears throat> incidents to the police. And the police weren't able to really find much or like track them to anybody or anything and then things just kept getting worse so at one point she found three dead cats hanging in her garden oh no i know her porch lights got smashed out and her phone lines got cut then notes started showing up on her doorstep as opposed to letters being mailed to her and she obviously kept reporting all of these things to the police and they were never able to like come up with anything and then she was actually attacked. One of her friends, Agnes, dropped by her house, um, but Cindy didn't answer. And she went around back and apparently she saw Cindy crouched near the back of the house with a black nylon wrapped around her neck. And she went up to her and Cindy was hiding because she said she had gone from her house out to the garage to get something out of the garage and she was grabbed from behind and was being strangled with the nylon, and then she thinks when Agnes came up and, like, knocked or rang the doorbell or whatever, that's what scared the person away. And she said the only thing that she saw was his white sneakers before she ran and hid. Oh, my goodness. So, of course, she, you know, called all this in, too, um, but she kept finding more messages. They'd put them on the windshield of her car, one of which was a picture of a corpse being wheeled into a morgue, Someone had delivered raw meat to her house. Oh. Yeah, that's gross. And at one time, she found her dog with a cord around its neck, and it was shaking and sitting in its own feces. Aww. Thankfully, it was alive, because I was really nervous when I read that sentence at first that they were going to... No, leave the puppy alone. I know. Um, yeah, so she continued to call the police. They were never... never able to trace back to anything and the harassment was very intermittent like it'd be a whole bunch of incidents and then nothing for a really long period of time and they kind of started doubting what she was saying because they weren't able to like come up with anything and they were like are you making these things up are you doing these things to yourself like what is going on um but she actually wound up moving to a new house she had her car painted and she changed her last name and she hired a private investigator to like work independently of the police because the police were kind of starting to doubt her at this point. And the personal or personal private investigator said that he actually had the feeling that Cindy was withholding information and that she wasn't telling him everything that she could and that she knew more than she let on because he said she'd be really really vague sometimes or like really distant when he was talking to her and her mother agreed and her mother said that she thought Cindy knew who was doing these things but was afraid to say anything because she was scared that something would happen if she would say you know she knew who it was or give names or anything um 
but she got tons and tons of notes and they looked like you know letters cut out of a magazine type of a thing where they cut out entire words and some of them said soon cindy and some of the words that they cut out were knife pain prey dead mangled kill next i see you all sorts of creepy shit that's really creepy and these are going to her new house now yeah she kept getting them so how would they know I don't know. Unless they just followed her the day she was moving. Right. So police would do surveillance, um, and they did surveillance a whole bunch of times. Sometimes they said they had even, like, 14 police officers watching her for an entire day straight. And incidents would never happen when the police were watching ever, like, not once. But then as soon as they weren't doing surveillance, something would happen and she would call it in. So this made them believe even more that she was doing it herself because they were like, nothing ever happens while we're watching you. We have 14 people watching you for hours on end. And the second we stop, something happens. Like, what's up with that? Right. Um, so they thought that they were being faked. And she started journaling a lot. And she started feeling, obviously, really stressed out, really scared. She was getting pretty desperate. Um And she kind of took to journals as an outlet because she felt like people weren't believing her. And the person, I keep saying personal investigator. The personal. He's very personable. The personal. So the private investigator apparently gave her a two-way radio that had like a panic button she could hit, which would notify him immediately that she was like in immediate danger. But one night he was listening and he heard strange sounds coming from the radio. So he went over to her house. He found her on the floor. He thought she was dead. She had a paring knife stuck through her hand, and one source said it had a note that said, you are dead bitch on it. Um, Yeah, and he thought she was dead, but she wasn't. So, she was hospitalized, and she said the only thing that she could remember was getting hit on the side of the head, being held down on the floor, and a needle getting pushed into her arm. Um, But she said she didn't remember feeling the knife, so if they, like gave her something to make her pass out um but and i tried to figure out why but police didn't like find fingerprints and some sources said they didn't even look for anything but i don't know if that's true or if they just didn't find anything suspicious i was gonna say did you gotta be going real far if you shove a paring knife through your own hand right and that's what the private investigator said he said like for someone to fake this to the point of shoving a knife through their own hand, unless they're suffering from, like, an extreme mental episode of some sort, he's, like, doesn't seem likely um, that she would do this herself. He, like, he really, really didn't believe she would do it. Her parents didn't believe that she would do it. But the cops were, like, hey, like, up until now, like, when we're watching, trying to find stuff, nothing ever happens. And the second we stop looking, something happens. We haven't found evidence anywhere else. We don't know. Um, So after this, she tried hypnosis and they wanted to do polygraph tests, but she was considered um, too traumatized to be a good candidate for them. And they didn't know if anything that she said they could believe or not because it was such a traumatic event. Um, But she kept getting phone calls, except for they were too short so that they couldn't trace them to see... Like, when you trace back phone calls, however they did that back in the day. Um, But then, again, she was, like, attacked, and they found her six miles from her house in a ditch. 
She was hypothermic. She had on a man's work boot, a glove, and again had a black nylon um, wrapped around her neck. And she'd been beaten and bruised and she was all cut up. And again, after this, she was hospitalized. And she said she didn't remember anything. And at this point, she was obviously, like, terrified. And she didn't want to stay at her house by herself. So she asked people to come stay with her. One source said it was her parents. One source said it was her friend Agnes and her husband. Um, But either way, she was having people living with her. And one night, they all went to bed. And they were woken up by a sound and discovered that there was a fire in the basement of the house. And when they tried to call 911, the phone lines were cut. So the guy, one of the people who was staying with her, ran outside to get to a neighbor's house to call 911. But he saw a guy standing in front of the house and he's told that guy, like, hey, call 911. The guy apparently didn't say anything and just ran off down the street. Um, So when the police got there, they investigated, like, all of the windows to the house because they said the person probably would have broken into a window. Um, They didn't find fingerprints or evidence or anything that would indicate that someone had crawled in so they said the fire was started from within inside the house and at this point they're like we like they already don't really believe anything she's saying and they're like we have no evidence we can't see any signs that anyone broke in the fire was staged um is basically what they said and at this point too they were like also why do you walk your dog by yourself at night like Apparently, she would take her dogs for her dog for a walk at like 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. And they're like, as someone who is supposedly terrified of all these things that's going on, why are you walking by yourself in the middle of the night? Like, that doesn't no. seem like behavior that makes any sense. I'm going to, um, like, I think if I was her, I'd be getting myself a very, like, a upper level apartment with a locked entrance and. <laughs> right. Like, the top of the skyscraper. penthouse of a skyscraper. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and but, I'd have, like, all those locks on the door that, like, reinforce it. And- yes. Same. And I'd booby trap right inside the door for even if they got in, they'd, like, fall into a minefield of thumbtacks or something really painful. I don't know. I'd, I'd make Hannah's, like, home aloneing it while she's there. Truly. That's what I was doing. I have done that before, like, when I was, like, I lived by myself in an apartment building, and I swear, oh, my God, I have to tell you. Have I, did I ever tell you about this? Mm-mm. So I lived in an apartment by myself, which is fine. I totally love living by myself, but I swear it was like the second weekend I was there and I was up late reading a book and I think it was like 1am or something and someone started screaming like bloody murder, like screaming as loud as they could and it sounded like it was coming from outside the building and they would like scream and scream and scream and then they would stop and then they would start again and it went on for like 20 minutes and I literally was like do I need to call the police is somebody dying what is going on and I was too scared to I was like sat in my bed with my book like what the fuck is happening right it's so creepy but like not like the next day I mean nothing terrible had happened so i don't know what was going on if someone was like that's the thing when you always hear stuff like that you're like wigging is it out just people what? being drunk or... right yeah and i was like or is this person dying what's going on i'm like do i call the cops do i call this in i know it was i was freaked out but i've done that where i would like close my door and lock it and like put something in front of the door and i was like at least that way if someone gets in i'll hear it and i'll know <laughs> i don't know 
it'll knock over this thing and I'll be alerted to their presence. But. The only thing I saw was when I was living on the second floor of an apartment, I think, they had like those balconies that were all like the fancy metal, you know, that kind of spirals and stuff. Mm-hmm. That metal. And someone was definitely just, just climbing past my balcony. Hello. Uh, towards the third floor. I was like, I was standing there with my ex-boyfriend. I was like, there's a leg. There's, there's a leg that? outside. <laughs> Do you see that? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Like, must have got herself locked out. Mm. That would suck. Okay. Where am I at? Oh, yes. So, at this point, she was extremely distraught and not sleeping well, super stressed, and getting depressed. And her act, her doctor actually um, wanted her to get, be committed to a psychiatric hospital because he was afraid she might be suicidal because her mental state was so poor at this point. And so she was there for 10 weeks before she got to go home. And when she got home, she did confess that she had been holding back information because her attacker told her that he'd kill her family if she said anything about him. So she didn't want to say anything because she was afraid that this person would go hurt her family. And she was super depressed because she thought nobody was believing her. And she believed someone either wanted her dead or to drive her insane. Which at this point, what they're doing to her mentally is like mental torture, but also physically hurting her. Um, so not not good. No. So at this point, she actually wound up going to the police and she told them that she thought it was her ex-husband, the doctor, who was a psychiatrist who was behind the attacks. And the police actually spoke to him, and he denied it, of course, and he handed over his answering machine that actually had a message on it from someone who was threatening him. And on the message, apparently, it also said, Cindy, dead meat soon. So he was like, I didn't do this, but I'm also getting threatening messages at this point. Um, And Roy, who's a psychiatrist, who is her ex-husband, said that he believed she had split personality disorder and that she was doing a lot of this herself. And, like, she... Because he's, like, she would never purposely put her family through any of this stress. So he thought it was split personality disorder and that when she was suffering from that, that personality was doing all of these things to make her think she was being stalked and all of that. Um, But... When she was in the psychiatric hospital for 10 weeks, nobody ever mentioned that or diagnosed her with anything. So, I don't know if that's yeah. just something he said or if I something know. he knew from when they were married or what. Um, but then, on May 25th, 1989, she went to the mall and she went missing. And investigators found her car in the parking lot of the mall. There was blood on the driver's door. And a bunch of items, like, from her wallet were on the ground, around, and underneath her car. They opened the trunk, and there was groceries in there and a gift that she had bought. And nobody saw or heard from her for two whole weeks until her body was found at an abandoned house. And her hands and feet were bound behind her. And a black nylon stocking was tied around her neck, and she was dead. And they like, on first glance, thought, like, this was a horrible murder. Someone, you know, killed her. Except for they did an autopsy, and they found that she actually overdosed on morphine. 
and other drugs. And so the police were saying it's a suicide. She overdosed herself and did this to make it for whatever reason and that this has been staged the whole time. We never found evidence that anybody else was involved. And the private investigator and her parents were like, absolutely not. Like, I was going to say, not. how did she bind her own legs? But Right. And that's what they said. They're like, and the amount of drugs that she would have had to have taken to kill her, how would she have been um, like coherent enough to do this? And she never really drank or did anything like that. They didn't find a syringe by her car or her body because I guess the house she was at was like a mile and a half away or something. So the police were like, well, she could have done the drugs there, walked this way to this abandoned house and then bound herself up. Um, But apparently there was a person who like specializes in knots and he was able to recreate the knots that she had and it only took him three minutes to do it. And they speculated that the drugs that she took and the amount wouldn't have like kicked in for 15 or so minutes so they're like she would have had time to take the drugs and if there was no needle they're like maybe she ingested it then and do the knots and then the drugs would kick in but then everyone's like if you why would you do that like why would you make this elaborate ruse to make it look like you had been murdered or that you'd been being attacked all this time like she beat the crap out of herself and threw herself in a ditch to be hypothermic and she stabbed a knife in her own hand and did all this. Um, but then again, the ex was like, well, split personality disorder. It could have been, you know, that person doing this to her, but really it's her doing it to her, but she doesn't know that it's her doing it to her. (laughs) But everyone else was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like no, like no. split. I, I that's very extreme for split personality disorders to say that that she's was. killing herself and she's never had her family has never noticed it. How old was she? Um, she was born in forty four, and she went missing in eighty nine. Yeah, forty five. And this had gone on. This whole entire thing was over a span of seven years. Like, from the beginning until the end. And they're like, it's a really long time for one person to be targeting another person. And I'm like, okay, but sources also said it was four months after they got divorced. (laughs) So maybe it was her psychiatric, psychiatrist, ex-husband doing all this and, like, mentally torturing her. And And wasn't the recording a man? I mean... It didn't say. It didn't specify. Oh, I thought it was a man on the recording. On the recording? I mean, there's, like, cases where these things don't come up until later in life, like split personalities, but most of the time, I think it's happens as a child. I think a lot of times because it's trauma as a child, and it happens when you're developing to kind of, as far as I know, you kind of create these personalities to protect yourself from, like, trauma and stuff. So, I mean, I suppose it could happen later in life, but I don't know enough about it to really say, but that sounds really extreme for, like, it sounds like a movie. Like it, not- do- it Right. It does sound like a movie plot. Um, but then, apparently, Cindy also had a boyfriend who was a police officer. So they were like, well, maybe that's why nothing ever happened while the police were there. Because if it's a police officer, he's going to know when the police are there. So he's not going to do anything when the police are there. Or they were like, maybe it was the police officer and her ex-husband. And they were like, but I'm like, how would you get them to agree to do that? I don't know. And why would they and why? want to? 
Why? But either way, police never found evidence, like, linking someone else to anything. Um, And the coroner didn't rule it a suicide. He didn't rule it an accident. And he didn't rule it a murder. The official ruling was it was an unknown event. And her parents, still to this day, the private investigator, all thought that she had, like, a stalker or someone who was doing this and torturing her who killed her. And the police thought she was doing it herself. And a lot of the articles were, like, either way, whether it was suffering from mental illness or someone else doing it, this poor woman was tortured for seven years and it wound up killing her. Unless, I mean, unless she didn't try, maybe she was... If she did stage it, maybe she wasn't trying to overdose and just took too much. Did too much, right? Yeah, Ooh, I have no idea. Really sad. It is very sad. It's I'm just like, hard to imagine think how miserable that someone would just have a paring knife through their hand and do all that. Yeah. Like that's that's a stream, right? It is dissociative identity disorder. I mean, when there's some um, complex psychological condition that is likely caused. By many factors, including severe trauma, usually extreme repetitive physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. It says it's a severe form of disassociation, uh, a mental process or dissociation, which produces a lack of connection in a person's thoughts, memories, feelings, actions, or sense of identity. Uh, it's a coping mechanism. The person literally shuts off or dissociates themselves from a situation or experience that's too violent, traumatic, or painful. Yeah, it says it um, is likely a psychological response, particularly during early childhood years when emotional neglect or abuse may interfere with personality development. Ninety-nine, as many of ninety-nine percent of individuals, individuals who develop dissociative disorders have recognized personal histories of recurring overpowering and often life-threatening disturbances or traumas at a sensitive developmental stage of childhood usually before the age of six i mean it is possible that she's had it since she was a child and just it is, didn't like realize that, yeah. it didn't know it and maybe it didn't show symptoms said, until then but that's like a huge <laughs> way for it to just come out of the woodwork like like where just disappear by trying to kill her Especially right. because, like, like did it, that trigger something? With dissociative, it's usually to protect yourself, so it wouldn't, I mean, hurt you? you. Yeah, like, it wouldn't be trying Yeah, to... and so it says, with DID, there's an ability to recall key personal information. They're very, they seem, um, that is too far-reaching to be explained as mere forgetfulness. Distinct memory variations. Um... It says, although not everyone experiences it the same way, each has each identity that they have has their own postures, gestures, distinct way of talking. Because um, usually, like, one of the personalities each is personality like a protector. Re- reveals itself and controls the individual's behaviors and thoughts. It's called switching. And it says, switching can take seconds to minutes to days. Other symptoms they have headaches, amnesia. Um, some people, okay, so no, here it says some people with dissociative disorders have a tendency toward self-persecution, self-sabotage, and even violence, both self-inflicted and outwardly directed. So some people, it says, um, with dissociative identity disorder will do things they wouldn't normally do, such as speeding, reckless driving, stealing money from a person or a friend. Um, 
things that are detrimental to themselves. So I guess, it, I mean, I guess it could have. Still seems really wow. extreme to me. Wild. The brain, man. The things the brain can do. I lean more towards that there was probably someone. I uh, personally feel that as well. <laughs> um, I and definitely I mean, either wrong, way, I feel but... terrible. Sorry, I'm, like, reading the thing. Yeah, so it said, Other psychiatric illnesses that might occur with dissociative identity disorder, depression, mood swings, suicidal tendencies, sleep orders, anxiety, panic attacks, um, psychotic, like, symptoms, compulsion. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to say this is too extreme for it to be that, but it's, like, I don't know. Pretty, it does seem like a movie. <laughs> like I feel really bad. Either way, I feel bad. Whatever it was, if it was another person or a mental illness, it's terrible. And I feel horrible for her. It makes me sad to be tortured like that for seven years. <sighs> so that was mine. Not happy ending. No. Mine doesn't have one either. <laughs> Coming at you with the sads today. With the sads. All right. Yeah. Some more mysteries. More mysteries. More Let's mysteries. go. All right, so we are going to be talking about Roland T. Owen. Okay. Have you ever heard of him before? Mm-mm. So this happened January 2nd of 1935. At 1.20 p.m., he checked into Hotel President in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. He wasn't on the ground floor. He wanted a room off the ground floor, and he got the room 1046. On him, he didn't carry any luggage. He... Looked, you know, kind of like an average man, but he had a scar across his face and cauliflower ear. Have you ever okay. heard of cauliflower ear? Is that, is, mm-hmm. It's like a wrestling thing, isn't it, usually? Yeah, like if you get hit in the ear, it, like, puffs yeah. out. So, on his way up to the room, the bellhop came with him, and they kind of had some conversation. He was talking about how he looked into a Mulbach hotel, but it was too expensive, so he was staying here. He got to his room, and he put his items away, which consisted of a toothbrush, a comb, and one source set another brush, but he put them in the bathroom, so he only had a couple things with him. He mm-hmm. took the keys from the bellhop, locked the room, and left for the night. The next day, the maid went in to clean the room. He let her in, and when she came in, there was one lamp on. The curtains were closed. He looked, like, pretty anxious and told her to leave the room unlocked because he was waiting for someone to come visit him. Okay. And so she cleaned the place, and she left the room. 4 p.m. she came back, and she was bringing towels, and he was laying on the bed. There was a note next to him, and it said, Don, I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. So at 10.30, the next day, she came back to clean the room. The door was locked from the outside, but Owen was in there. No one? Owen was. The guy. But it had been locked from the outside. Okay. He was sitting in a chair, and it was all dark. He was just kind of staring. And huh? No. The the phone rang, and he picked it up, and he said, "No, Don, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast." And a couple seconds later, he was like, "No, I am not hungry." So then he started uh, talking to the maid that was in there, and it was. She said it was pretty weird. He started talking about the Mulbach Hotel again, and then like what her role was as the maid, and like what room she cleaned, and she was like, "I was uh pretty excited to get out of there." Yeah. So she came back later to bring towels again because she had taken them out of the room and she heard two men arguing and she like, you know, knocked on the door 
and the person who was arguing with Owen told her they don't need any towels. So she left. She was like, okay then. Okay then. Uh, someone got the room next to Owen, and it was a Miss Jean Owen, but apparently she had nothing to do with him. And she was just oh. there visiting someone. But she said uh, that night she heard an argument. She heard, what was it? Yep, she heard people arguing in the room, and it was a man's voice and a woman's voice. They had like a commotion or like kind of a ruckus going on, and then she heard gasping noises. She was like, okay, it's probably someone snoring. Uh oh. And then. Or it's not. The elevator operator uh, kind of reported on that night, and he said he saw a woman who was looking for room 1026, and she was kind of like wandering around trying to find this room, and she came back once with a man. And then someone at the hotel identified her as apparently a woman that often came there, and she went to male's rooms to stay with them for the night. So okay. She was seen around the hotel before. She left at okay. 4 a.m., and then the man she was seen with left 15 minutes later. Also, right. I guess that night there was a party in the hotel in room oh. 1055, so probably not related, but lit. So things start to get weird. So we go to 7 a.m. the next morning. The phone was off the hook. They got a call from the telephone operator who was like, hey, this phone's been off the hook for quite a while. So a worker went up there, he knocked on the door, and the person inside was like, come in. The guy was like, I don't have a key. He knocks more. And the person inside was like, turn on the lights. And then after the guy couldn't get in the room, he was just kind of like annoyed. And he left. He was like, put the phone back on the hook and left because the guy wouldn't open the door for him. Yeah. Half an hour later, the phone was still not on the hook, so the bellboy went up there to investigate, and he had a key this time, and he just went in, and Owen was in bed. He didn't have mm-hmm. any clothes on, and there was, like, a dark stain on the bed, and the bellhop was like, okay, he's probably hungover, whatever, put the phone back on the receiver, and left. Okay. Bad vibes. I have mad vibes. An hour later... It was off the hook again. What the heck? So, you know, the operator was like, hey, I went off the hook. So they went back up there to investigate. I'm not sure if it was the bellhop or a different employee. Went back in. And this time, they were like, oh my gosh. Owen was crouched on the floor. Uh, blood on his head and the walls. <gasps> the guy kind of just left. He was like, oh, no, no, no. Um, and got the police. So Owen had been beat on the head. He had strangulation marks on his neck. He was stabbed oh in the chest, oh. and it looked like he had been restrained, like, by marks on his oh, wrist. no. When the police were there, Owen told them he fell and hit his head on the bathtub. Lies. So, he got taken to the hospital, where he ended up passing away from the injuries. <gasps> oh, no. So, the police went back, and they were investigating the room. I fell and hit my head on the tub, and also it stabbed me. The tub did. Which is weird, because they assumed he was probably the one taking the phone off the hook, trying to get help. But then oh. they got there and he was like, hey, I just fell and hit my head on the bathtub. Yeah. But then I stabbed myself and all this other thing. So they kind of assumed he had been like basically tortured. Oh, no. They went back and they investigated the room. They found that there was no clothing in there. The shampoo, soaps, and towels were missing. They found four sets of fingerprints on the lampshade. There was some trash in the bin. An unsmoked cigarette was sitting there. They found a hairpin and a label from a tie. So they they assumed by looking at the scene that it was about six hours before that this all had happened. 
from when they found him. Okay. They started looking into Robert Owen, who he was. They found out the name was an alias. Mm. One person said he came, he lived in Clinton, Missouri. Uh, and then people around like the area kind of started coming forward and said they had seen him while he was staying at the hotel. One man mentioned how he had met him before he got to the hotel because he got flagged down by Owen, who was like, thought he was a taxi. The guy was like, I'm not a taxi driver. I can bring you to a place that has a taxi, though. Okay. And then while they were driving there, the guy was like, that's a pretty nasty cut you got on your arm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. And he's he's like, I know whoever did this, I'm going to kill them. Oh, said he would kill who did it. The guy never got his name. Probably was just like, okay, I'm going to drop you off now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm done now. Goodbye. Then there are some bartenders that also said they recognized him. That they had seen him at the bar with different women. Look at my dog. Oh. Oh, what's her doing? She's nestling in for bed. She's digging. She's nesting. She's like, I I gotta get it comfy. It's not comfy right now. Okay, (laughs) alright. Her ears just... (laughs) You can still see the ear. Yeah. Aww. So cute. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what was that? So they were also, so the people that came forward were around the town. A bartender came forward saying that they had saw him at the bar and that he had been with different women. And then some hotels came forward and said that he had also stayed at the Kansas City Hotel, St. Regis Hotel, and the Mulbach, which he had talked about before, but he yeah. had used different aliases to stay at those places. Okay. And apparently when he stayed at the Regis Hotel, he had had another man with him at the time. Okay. After they realized that's not his real name and they couldn't figure out who this guy is, they started looking into a Don, because that was on a note and who he was talking to on the phone. They couldn't right. figure out who that was either. A week later, someone had called and said that they recognized Owen and said that he had registered in December, the previous year, for wrestling Masters, under a different name, which turned out to not be his real name also. What the heck? So this guy is just going around giving aliases all over the place. They had not figured out who this guy was, who knew him, personally, but they had to get the funeral ready, you know, they had to get rid of the body, so they were had him at a funeral home, and they got a call at the funeral home that told them to wait a week and that they would have the money for the service. A random person. Okay. They told the guy at the funeral home that Owen was in fact his name, but the investigators were on the wrong track and that Owen had gotten to some hard times. Okay. A week later, the money came in. Random person. Right. Who are you and how do you know this? (laughs) So the money came in a week later. No one attended the funeral other than the detectives. But more money had also been sent to a florist with a note that said, Love Forever Louise. Okay. So they had no idea why this happened. Why was someone, like, willing to pay for this guy's funeral, but not come forward with any details? In 1936, a lady was looking through a magazine, and she called the police and said that it really resembled her brother, who she hadn't seen since 1934, when he apparently left to go see the country. His name was 
Artemis Ogletree, and he was from Birmingham, Alabama. While she said he had called and kept in contact, and after he had died, they received three letters, which the mother was kind of concerned about because the last three were typed, and as far as she knew, he didn't know how to type. Oh, And they were kind of not in his usual manner of writing them. Sure. Which would make sense because he was dead. Um, And then she also got a call from a guy named Jordan saying that Arthur had saved his life in a fight and that Arthur was now married to a woman in Cairo, Egypt. Oh, wow. I guess the mother talked to him for like 30 minutes and was said it was odd. The last letter they ever received was a typed one saying that he was traveling to Europe by boat. Hmm. Okay. They did confirm that this was, well, confirm as much as they could that this was actually Arthur Ogletree because he had the same matching scar on his face and the woman saw a picture of him and she's like, yeah, that's my kid. Okay. To this day, though, I don't know what happened in that room, how he ended up dying, why he was using aliases. Who was sending the letters? Who paid for the funeral? What the world? So it is just this case of what in the world happened? And why was he sitting in a hotel room just staring at a wall in the darkness? Yeah. How did he get locked in the room? Maybe there was, like, someone in the closet watching him. Maybe. Like, Don't you say nothing. But I think that was the time he was, like, locked in the room by himself. Like, someone had locked it from the outside while he was in there. And also, like, the one time they went in there and there was, like, the dark spot, he'd already been stabbed at that point. And beaten, yeah. And they were like, weird. Well, but, I, I don't think they, they saw the phone that- on. They put the phone on the hook, but they didn't realize that he was, like, bleeding all over? Apparently not until he got up. Maybe his back was facing them. They saw, like, a yeah. dark spot on the sheets and maybe they thought he, like, threw up or something. Right. Because they thought he was hungover and that's why he was not sure. responding. And then the next time I guess if I like walked into a room and a guy was, and... you know, mm. laying there naked, I'd be like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna go now too. Just gonna put this back. Goodbye." Yikes! But you think they would have saw the blood on the walls, unless he went right. over there and started unless, bleeding? I was like, gonna say unless he like got out of bed and was like stumbling over there. Yeah. Right? Huh? Weird. Very weird. I guess. I didn't read much on it, but there was apparently a lockbox that got opened in 2003, and this was the last time this case was looked into. And in the lockbox, there was a whole bunch of, like, articles and stuff related to this murder. I think there was an item in there, but they wouldn't say what it was that related to the murder also. So this has been open and closed, like, a ton of times, and they haven't figured out what in the world happened. Wow. Very weird. Who was Dawn? Interesting. Don wanted to take him to breakfast. He didn't want breakfast, and Don didn't like that he didn't want breakfast. Or something. This guy is a mystery. Hmm. Strange. And it's weird that he was... Like, why would he even use an... Well, I suppose if you're a wrestler, maybe you have, like, a wrestling name. Because that wasn't registered as Arthur Ogletree either. It was another different name. Hmm. That's weird. I got Uh, nothing. Me either. I think that's the consensus from everybody on this case. Yeah, we got nothing. We got nothing. So my sources were Historic Mysteries, History Collection, All That's Interesting, and Wikipedia. Nifty Nino. Weirdness, I tell you. Weirdness. That is very weird. Very, very weird. 
Also, I feel bad for that poor guy's family that just had no idea. Yeah. Imagine if you were just reading a magazine and you're like, I think that's my brother. I think that's my brother? And he's dead? What? Yikes. Nope, don't like that. Mm mm. Hmm. So we got some weird cases this week with no answers. No answers. Very strange circumstances on both, I would say. One person like thought maybe because the woman was there and there was another guy that it might have been like a love triangle gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, I guess. You never know. That's a, like that's not like a I got in a fight and I accidentally hurt the guy though. That's like a I stabbed him and, and beat his head in and had him tied up. Yeah. And strangled him also. Yikes. And the fact that the guy was alive for six hours before they realized. Yeah. Ouch. No bueno. No bueno. Also, why was he naked? Yeah, why'd they take his clothes? Maybe because they thought there'd be DNA. Well, DNA not back then. I was going to say they had, there was fingerprints on the lampshade, so they didn't do a very thorough wipe down. Hmm. Took his clothes. Maybe they thought he would be less likely to leave if he was naked, but man, if I would have been stabbed and all that had happened to me, I wouldn't care. I feel like it would be the least of my concerns. Oh no. Yikes. Or maybe identification. Maybe they thought he could be identified by his clothes. Right. Or because people would say, oh yeah, I saw that guy wearing that with this person here or something. Maybe. That could be. I don't know. Do we have any questions for this week? Um, the only thing, do you have any New Year's resolutions? New Year's resolutions. Um, not really. Just do, put, probably do better this year. <laughs> just do better. Just, like, I don't have anything set, like, just keep on keeping on. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I don't know. It's, like, it's so up in the air with everything happening. I It's hard to I commit know. to new goals. I know. I didn't make one either. My, the only one that I keep telling myself is, like, I should wash my face every day. <laughs> that one, too. Skincare. I should just, just try and take better care of myself, I think is mine, but, I don't know, every New Year, it's always like, oh, I gotta eat better, get in shape, do that whole thing, and I'm just like, no. My bar is, I, isn't super high for this, like, I would like to be making sure I hit, like, my step goal. Yeah. Maybe I'm start running like, again. Maybe I'm not. I'm like, have this promise to myself i'm like you know what? i'm just not putting any pressure on myself Same. to do anything extra other than like survive <laughs> maybe it's put a, a little more hard. effort into things that aren't like you know like not like a huge workout regimen but just like you know get yeah. up and move more eat a little healthier yeah i just want to be nicer to myself Same. physically mentally emotionally all that that's my resolution that's if you guys have any new year's resolutions you should let us know. I like hearing about people's resolutions. And if your resolution is just to make it through 2021, I think that is a perfect goal. That is totally fine. Or if fine. you don't have one, that's fine too, because I didn't. Slash still don't really Let's all just be nice to ourselves <laughs> this year. Yeah, 2021, you're being nice to yourself. Just I like make that. It, just, yeah, just make it through. Try and be as happy as possible. It's been time. It's been a time. That was that one time I was I was like online I was like a meme or something and it was, they said 
it's not 2021 isn't anybody's year we're just gonna walk in quietly expecting nothing very tentatively we're not gonna start anything yeah we're not gonna start anything we're gonna be cautious we're gonna see what happens yeah hey we made it five days six yeah people are like i've tried the seven day trial and i would like to return this item Okay. I've decided I'm not interested. <laughs> just I tried the seven day free trial and I would not, I do not want to participate. Me just going and looking at the news, turning around and hiding Ooh. in bed again. Just Ooh. like, no. Yeah, it's just wild. But, anywho, people, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, rate, review, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, and have a Happy week, because this yes. comes out on Monday. Happy Monday, let's just, or whichever day you listen. Let's be nice to ourselves and people yep. around us. One day at a time. One day at a One time. One day at a time. We'll get through it. Yes. All we We're can do it. is take it one step. Yep. All right, guys. Have a good week, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.